0: In 1857, a Pacific mail steamship, the SS Central America, was transporting between 3 and 21 tons of gold and 477 passengers originally from California across the Atlantic Ocean to New York City. Departing from Panama to begin their voyage, the Central America, boasting a crew of 101, was captained by Navy Commander William Herndon. Several days into its voyage, the ship found itself in the midst of a hurricane. As the storm and sea progressively worsened, the ship developed a leak and began taking on water. It soon became evident that the vessel was doomed to sink. As dusk set on Saturday, September 12, 1857, the Central America surrendered to the ocean. Waves enveloped it as it sank to its watery grave. Thanks in large part to the efforts of Captain Herndon and his crew, all 60 women and children aboard, as well as approximately 40 men, were safely evacuated to another vessel. When the Central America sunk, there were still more than 450 men aboard, including its captain, William Herndon. After its sinking, about 50 of those men were rescued by other ships after being adrift in the ocean, clinging to debris for hours, and in one case, days. All told, 153 men, women, and children were saved from the disaster, while 425 men, including Captain William Herndon, lost their lives. The sinking of the vessel is recounted in further detail in the previous episode of 10 Minutes About The Sinking of the SS Central America. The wreck of the Central America, which sunk several hundred miles off the coast of the Carolinas, would remain undiscovered and undisturbed for 131 years. But in 1988, a group of treasure seekers found the location of the vessel and its valued cargo that and more are coming up next i'm your host forrest kelly and here's more than 10 minutes about finding the ss central america thomas thompson better known as tommy was born in 1952 and from a young age he was known for being inquisitive intelligent and highly eccentric possessing a curious nature about the world By the time he began college in 1970, his interests had gravitated towards the ocean. He attended Ohio State University, spending five years there in a specialized program that emphasized a focus on ocean engineering and marine sciences. Thompson graduated with a mechanical engineering degree in 1975. Thompson would spend the following year in Key West, Florida, working and learning from salver Mel Fisher. Fisher A former chicken farmer was an established sea diver and treasure hunter, having previously retrieved hundreds of gold coins from the ocean. When Tommy joined Mel, he was in the middle of a hunting expedition for a lost Spanish galleon that had sunk off the coast of Florida in 1622. After 16 years of searching, Fisher discovered his prize in 1985, recovering 40 tons of gold and silver from the not-so-deep blue. After his year with Fisher, Thompson considered his former employer's methods, or lack thereof. Fisher had spent countless days in search for the Spanish vessel without proper funding and no concise search plan. Thompson saw this to be an inefficient system. Fisher and similar treasure hunters spent their time and efforts looking for ships that had sunk in shallow waters. Fisher discovered his galleon in only 52 feet of water. But in such shallow water, a shipwreck is exposed and easily affected by major storms that disturb the wreck site and disperse the ship and its contents across miles of the ocean floor. Moreover, shallow water wrecks ran the risk of other treasure hunters coming along and poaching on your wreck. Thompson took exception to the shallow water approach. Instead, he was convinced that deep water wrecks were a safer and more efficient use of resources, Aside from the obvious protection against the casual treasure seeker, deep water wrecks would be too far down for any storms or hurricanes to impact. Thus, a shipwreck at that depth would be protected from further damage and scattering of any potential treasure. All that stood between Thompson and searching the deep was the development of technology that would permit mankind to search and reach those depths. Early in the 1980s, technologies for such an endeavor would be developed. In 1983, Thompson and his neighbor, Bob Evans, partnered together with a goal of searching for and retrieving the contents of a deep water wreck. By the year's end, after considering other potential ships, Thompson and Evans chose the wreck of the SS Central America having sunk several hundred miles off the coast of the Carolinas, the Central America was the perfect candidate for their plans. Laying a mile and a half beneath the surface, the wreck was sitting on a flat area of the marine floor known as the Blake Plateau. Its location on the plateau, coupled with the lack of current there, made it possible to make wide-range sonar scans of the ocean bottom. Also, its proximity to the United States meant that any legal issues could be resolved in the U.S. court system. The Central America was the perfect target for a deep-water salvage operation. Two years later, Thompson and Evans formed the Columbus America Discovery Group, a deep-sea salver company. Thompson began to seek out investors to fund their search and salvage efforts he managed to recruit 161 individuals to fund the venture, providing the group with $12.7 million. Many of the investors were limited partners in an investment pool called Recovery Limited. Having secured funds, the team now needed to develop an imaging system to illustrate scans of the ocean floor they'd make with a high-resolution sonar. In order to interact with the shipwreck and potentially retrieve artifacts from it, Thompson and his team needed to construct a remote-control vehicle that could operate at depths of more than 10,000 feet. The group began to develop a search plan, formulating a map based on historical evidence that marked the most probable locations of the Central America's grave. Thompson, Evans, and a third man, Lawrence Stone, poured over reports of the Central America's final position to calculate where it might be. They also factored in how the wind speeds and water currents the night of the wreck could have impacted the sinking of the ship. Three potential probability areas were mapped out. The first based off the Central America's final position as provided by its captain to another vessel. The second area was formed around the location of a ship, the Marine, where it witnessed the Central America sink. And lastly, the third potential area was based on the celestial fix of a sooner, the Ellen, taken as it rescued survivors of the sunk ship the morning after the disaster. Of the three scenarios, the researchers concluded that the Central America had a 72% chance of being located in the area extrapolated from the Ellen's celestial fix, though they did not remove the other two potential sites from their search grid. Once the team had devised their probability map, the search of the shipwreck began in earnest. They set out in June of 1986, surveying an area of 1,400 square miles of ocean over the course of eight weeks. They spent the days scanning the ocean floor with a sonar imaging system they developed, marking areas that stood out. With the threat of rival salvers finding the Central America before them, they returned to sea the following summer. Thompson had been rushed back out into the ocean by the competition and was unable to finish the development of a remote-controlled vehicle, which they called NEMO. They were forced to use it in a partially incomplete state. In early July, with the aid of NEMO, the crew discovered a sunken ship, perhaps the Central America? They retrieved an artifact from the wreck, clinching a legal claim on the site in the eyes of the US court. Under pressure from rival hunters, Thompson, in 1990, recounts how quickly they acted to secure this site. Quote, we brought a lump of coal up as soon as we could, and we had our seaplane come out, and we rigged a special rope, and he came by with a grappling hook and actually snagged the coal and flew into shore. He went and fueled up and then flew to Norfolk, and was able to get it to the court before the court closed that day. End quote. However, After spending much of the summer at this site, they were unable to find any evidence that this was the Central America. Their search yielded neither gold nor anything else to indicate the wreck's identity. That winter, Thompson and Evans spent their time analyzing sonar readings they had taken from the previous two summers, running it through their imaging system. While reviewing a point of interest they mapped in 1986, something stood out to them. This point of interest, that had originally been identified as a pile of rocks, according to Evans, appeared very similar to a pile of coal from the wreck they had just spent the summer investigating. It belonged to an area of the probability map extrapolated from the Central America's location as provided by its captain. It was one of the lower probability areas, regardless, it warranted a second look. Thompson decided to begin the summer of 88 by heading directly to this site. With Nemo fully completed, the group decided to test it out on this spot, located 150 miles off the coast of the Carolinas. The group set out aboard a large ship, the Arctic Discoverer, required for hauling the 12,000-pound Nemo out to sea. On September 11, 1988, the crew sent Nemo down to inspect the site. Thompson and Evans, along with three other men, waited anticipatingly in the ship's control room as Nemo made its 8,000-foot descent to the ocean's floor. They had launched the robot just before noon, and by 1.30pm, they began to receive images from the bottom. As Nemo approached the point of contact, Bill Evans' excitement for what they might find was tempered by his concern that the robot was on a collision course with whatever the sonar had picked up. Nemo roamed through darkness, transmitting what it saw back to the monitor in the control room. Suddenly, Nemo's lights shone upon a large object, the giant sidewheel of a sunken steamer. While celebratory shouts sprang up from among Thompson and the other three men, Evans was still worried Nemo might collide with the newfound wreck. Quote, My immediate ecstatic reaction was somewhat tempered by my concern for our equipment. End quote. As Thompson would later recall, quote, "It was really a stunning moment. We didn't know the side wheels would even exist because of the corrosion rates at that depth." End quote. Despite excitement of the discovery, the group still needed to identify whether or not this wreck was the SS Central America. They still had yet to locate a single scrap of gold. On September 12, 1988, exactly 131 years after the Central America sank, the crew launched Nemo back down to investigate the wreck and potentially confirm its identity. Nemo found the ship's bell, which ought to have an indicating inscription on it, but it was impossible to make out on the monitors. On the 24th, they brought the bell back to the surface. The inscription on it confirmed that they had found the wreck of the Central America the gold wasn't far away. Here's Bill Evans again. Quote, A week or so later, we got to the point where we dusted off an area where there was a huge concentration of treasure, which turned out to be the commercial shipment area on the shipwreck. And we just saw gold bars and coins carpeting the sea floor. That was just beyond belief. We called it the Garden of Gold. End quote. In October, Thompson sent a letter to their investors, informing them that they had found the Central America. He and his team would spend the next ten months returning to the wreck in secrecy, recovering tons of gold bars and coins from the site. In August of 1989, the Columbus America Discovery Group announced to the world the ship had been found. Thompson and his crew recovered an estimated three tons of gold from the wreck. Later that year, 39 insurance companies, who had more than a century earlier covered up to 15% of the lost gold, filed lawsuits against the Columbus America Discovery Group claiming that they had ownership of the gold. Years later, a district court would award 92.2% of the recovered Central America's gold to Tommy Thompson and the Columbus America Discovery Group. They also received an exclusive salvage right to the wreck. With the recovered gold now secured, the 161 investors expected a lofty return on their investments. However, none of them would see even a sliver of gold as reimbursement. In 2000, Thompson sold a percentage of the recovered gold to the California Gold Group for a sum of $52 million. Five years later, several lawsuits were filed against Thompson by investors who hadn't received any payment and former members of his salvage crew, who alleged they didn't receive any portion of treasure as compensation for their work. The following year, a district court judge ordered Thompson to submit an inventory list to account for how the gold had been distributed. Thompson, in turn, provided a sheet that only listed the gold purchased by the California Gold Group. The judge wasn't satisfied, and thereafter, Thompson became unresponsive to the point where he refused to appear in court. In 2012, after years of stalling and evasiveness, the frustrated judge ordered Thompson to appear in court to give an account of where the gold was. He did not appear and was held in contempt of court. Thompson was now a federal fugitive. After three years on the run, Tommy Thompson and his girlfriend were arrested after spending months hiding out in a hotel in Florida. While debriefing Thompson's girlfriend, she admitted that Thompson had minted 500 coins from gold bars taken from the Central America. Allegedly, Thompson had these coins transported to Belize, where they were to be deposited. In October of 2015, as a part of a plea deal, Thompson agreed to answer questions regarding the gold's location. However, he failed to cooperate, and in December of 2015, the federal court judge ruled that Thompson was to remain in prison until he revealed the location of the 500 gold coins. Each day he spent in prison would incur a fine of $1,000. Thompson claims he suffers from Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, and therefore he can't remember where the coins are located. At the time of this episode's airing, in August of 2021, Tommy Thompson is still in prison. In 2014, the Columbus America Discovery Group lost the salvage rights to the Central America in a court case. Bill Evans, who long ago parted ways with Thompson, Was hired to lead an excursion to continue the excavation of the shipwreck. The sinking of the SS Central America will for all time represent one of the greatest nautical tragedies in American history. The pursuit of its gold more than a century later is a fascinating tale. For Tommy Thompson, it led to his ascension to fame and later the collapse of his reputation, his career, And his life. Thank you for listening. For 10 minutes about, I've been your host, Forrest Kelly, and that's all I've got to say about the SS Central America.